everybody! You are listening to Limited Playtime, the board game podcast where we bring you board game reviews in 30 minutes or less. Where the next episode is free. I'm Kyle Bolin. <laughs> and I'm Jason Cavallari. <laughs> Welcome you... to our lair. <laughs> you are unusually chipper today. <laughs> I put on a big smile while I was doing the intro. I can picture oh. it. So today we're talking about Suburbia. Suburbia. Suburbia is a game, uh, a game that is all about uh, building up a neighborhood. It's really more than a neighborhood. It says neighborhood on the box, but boy, oh boy, you're building a city, I think, aren't you? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Aren't you? Uh, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Suburbia. Uh, yeah, it, it's basically a city building game, and it is designed by Ted Alspach, who may sound familiar because we just talked about a Ted Alspach designed game, I don't know, like three or four episodes ago when we talked about the castles of Mud King Ludwig. Mud King. The Mud King, yes. Uh, and it just like that game, it is published by Bezier Games. Uh, it, it has art credited to Ted Alspach, Jason Bowles, Clemens Franz, Stephanie Gustafsson, plus four more. <laughs> Alana Kelsey, Brett Stebbins, Taylor Bogle, and Allen Tim. I got through all those names, Jason. I think I, yeah. I think I just knocked it out of the park, actually. You get um, a gold star. Yeah, awesome. It's my first one. I know. Yeah. hundred and whatever episodes. <laughs> Suburbia is a game for one to four players. It is has a playing time listed of 60 to 90 minutes. Ages 8 plus, weight of 2.77. Those are the statistics that we have to report. <laughs> what is that uh, scale out of? Five. five. Yeah, yeah, five. Okay. So, like, most games fall in between the sort of, like, 1.5 to, like, 3 range, I think. And then occasionally, you know, and then you've got yeah. your, like, your PAX premieres that show up above a 4 or whatever. Sure. And yeah. things like that that people are just like, this hurts my brain to play. And, mm. uh, yeah, so once you get up into that, like, 3.75 to 5 range here, you're under the brain burning parts there. Uh, and Suburbia is right there in the middle, 2.77. Nice, comfortable, lukewarm water. <laughs> ah <laughs> uh, tepid water oh, yeah. I love it. <laughs> um so suburbia do we want to talk about how you play suburbia sure in a nutshell go quick go quick jason go quick ah, okay basically you buy tiles and you place tiles and then when you place them you get things sometimes if you place them well well done thank you <laughs> <laughs> they're hexy tiles and they come in different types um yeah, there's like industrial ones and commercial ones and residential ones, and um, they have different you know bonuses depending on you know the other tiles that you put them next to or um, you know or keep them away from or you know whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's in that respect, it's pretty much like uh, King Ludwig, it's Matt, very, the Mud King. It's very, yeah. There's a lot of similarities. Yeah, I, I think that like you know, I, if I remember correctly, there's like three major categories of tiles that you can buy in place. There's like you know, like residential, commercial, and um, industrial. I believe. Yeah, um, I think so. But th- yeah, and then it like it like there's like a it breaks down even more granular than that though eventually because like you can have. Um, Within the residential category, you might have apartments or you might have, uh, you know, a housing addition or whatever. Within the commercial, you might have businesses that have like a little briefcase icon on them. Um, things get get more. There's there's sets, essentially, of types of businesses, sets of types of residential places, sets of types of 
industrial type places like airports or I don't know, like factories, uh, farms or, whatever, right? or yeah, yeah, farms, right? Yeah, all that stuff shows up. And so all of that ends up being relevant when you place something that gets bonuses based on either things that are of a certain category and are then adjacent to that tile that you placed or sometimes even just, you know, the total number that you have within your city or that everybody has within all cities, right? So that's kind of where it's going to be hard to talk about this game without talking about the mud King uh, over and over again, but they're, they're made by the same people. This game was the, I guess, progenitor of mud King Ludwig, the mad King Ludwig. Uh, We should probably use the correct terminology. Otherwise people are going to be Googling (laughs) mud King Ludwig. Um, We're not going to get very far or maybe, I don't know, maybe there's something crazy out there called the mud King that we don't want to be associated with. So if there is, maybe I wanted to play it. Maybe. Maybe it's not a game, though. Maybe it's like some sort of dark web website that we want to stay far away from. Oh, yeah. No, thanks. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, uh, you know, we talked about Mad King Ludwig a couple of weeks ago. Well, more than that, like a couple of episodes ago. And that game is very much about adjacency bonuses, you know, drafting Mm -hmm. types of rooms, categories of rooms, putting them next to other rooms that require or that give you bonus points based on having adjacency to certain types of rooms and and trying to, um, you know, really min max your points by, by doing that the most efficiently, you know, like, like having, you know, closing off all the doors with one room with all the types of rooms that give you bonuses in this game. It's more about just drafting or, or buying, uh, tiles that are going to just really keep compounding the scores for those adjacency or multiplying bonuses that you get for the, the different categories of, of city tiles that you can get. And and they're they're kind of like, I feel like they kind of do a decent job of making it so that you want to build your town in a somewhat logical fashion because it gives you penalties as well. So like there will be a penalty for putting a factory right next to your apartment building, something mm-hmm. like that. So it's trying to encourage you to almost have like little sectors of industry and sectors of commercial, uh, like a commercial district and a sector, you know, like our district that's all residential and to have that adjacency not only gives you the bonus, but also helps to avoid the majority of the penalties that you might get for placing things that don't want to be next to each other, next to each other, which is similar to the mad King Ludwig game, because like we said there, you don't want to have like noisy rooms next to sleeping rooms, things like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same kind of thing. Um, One of the things that I, kind of appreciate about suburbia as being different from mad king ludwig is the um so this doesn't happen in, in mad king ludwig which is in suburbia you can uh make it so that sometimes you get points when other players play things in their cities yeah, yeah. uh mad king ludwig is very much like a, a single player kind of you know I, i'm building my my castle and nobody else has any connection to my castle in in terms of the building part yeah right yeah, right. Yeah, I was I was thinking about this. I was thinking about, I mean, I, we've already talked about how we wanted to kind of touch on the differences between these two games. And one of the things that I thought about specifically was player interaction between these two games. Because in Suburbia, you can't really do anything other than take a tile that somebody might want to really, um, you know, like affect the other players, right? At mm-hmm. least not in a negative way. Whereas in Mad King Ludwig, there's a very specific mechanic there where you get to set up the market when you're the master builder. And so you can really take advantage of your opponents. You can really try to set them up to stumble so that they can't afford a tile that you know they're really going to want on your turn where you're, when you're the master builder. Um, and so that's where the majority of the player interaction part of the game that's that's where you find it in Mad King Ludwig is when is with that 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 price setting part of the game 
um, for, for setting the prices of the tiles. In this game, when the tiles come out, it's static. Like, you don't get to mess around with it. They they go where they go. They move down this market, and they all have a price attached to them, and then they're modified by the price above them in sort of on the market board. Um, so, like, you know, like the, the ones that have been out there the longest are $0 extra on top of what they already cost, and then it's like, you know, an extra whatever. I don't even remember, but like $3 and then 4 and 6 and 10 or whatever, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Like an ascending amount of, of extra dollars that they cost depending on how recent they have come out of the pile that they come out of but then the way that there is player interaction is that you can you can take a tile that is going to benefit you every time anybody else like jason said anybody else at the table takes a tile of that category now it's going to give you some sort of bonus whether that's money or points or whatever right mm-hmm. right uh, and that seems to be where this game has some amount of player interaction, although I don't know if I'd really call it interaction. It's more like, I don't know, what would you call it? Like an uh, interactive <sighs> effect or something? Maybe. It, yeah. I mean, it just sort of things just happen when other players do thing, but it's do things, but it's not like they're doing them to you or with yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a multiplayer consideration. Yeah. <laughs> New term. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I and I do kind of appreciate that. I mean, I at least for the game that we played between you and me and Gabe, uh, you two had kind of a symbiotic thing going on with your money. Yeah, yeah, did, yeah. yeah. We were, <laughs> and <laughs> it, it was like I don't know, like it, it did kind of feel like some of the other games we played, where it's like okay, uh, like like we talked about with Pax Premier, like you can you can both back back the same coalition, and then it's like it's our coalition, right? Or right. like when we when we played the um, Irish Gage, and I was like, it's our railway. Um, it kind of felt like you know Gabe and I were like these like residential district magnates all of a sudden and so we both had tiles that gave us bonuses when anybody played residential tiles and so we both were going hard into that and it was like it was benefiting both of us quite a bit during the game and and, and every time you were like ah grumble grumble i don't get anything and like you know we were getting like you know just piles of cash and everything or whatever right um but in the end that didn't really matter did it no it didn't (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was um I think that was kind of the redeeming thing for that, at least that gaming session for me, was the the fact that, uh, you know, I, I kept trying to get in on, you know, this thing that you all were in, were in, but I, I just couldn't make it happen because either I was too late in the turn order to buy the thing I needed to buy, or I didn't have enough money to buy the thing I needed to buy because it was too expensive and... Or you get something too late in the game where you just don't get the benefit yeah, from it yeah. because there's not enough runway left in the game. Right, yeah. Um, so I ended up with a bunch of what I thought were like subpar tiles for my yeah. my little city. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, the and I was fully prepared to just lose. I was like, well, whatever. It's the first time I'm playing. Um, but right, then I ended right. up winning. <laughs> because like the Mad King Ludwig game, there are bonus Bonus uh, scoring criteria, right? I don't know what right, you call yeah. them, like scoring goals or something like that, right? Yeah. Where there's uh like at the beginning of the game, there's I don't know, is it three goals that are set three. out publicly? Yeah, yeah, and then everybody gets one private goal where you get to score an additional number of points at the end of the game if you have accomplished the goal, or if you're the one that accomplished the goal the most in the case of the public goals. And so there were goals out that were basically like use the fewest residential houses, residential uh hexes. Things mm-hmm. like that. And and we had two or three that were like, do the least of something, and you had done the least of those things because you had... Because I couldn't get any of them. Exactly. <laughs> and and because you got the least of all the of those goals, you just shot ahead of us on the track, and you won. Got, you squeaked out I a got, win. I got 30 points out of... <laughs> yeah. Which... 
it, it seems a little bit goofy and almost BS, but at the same time, also you kind of look at it and you say, okay, it's almost like a balancing mechanic, right? Because sure. if you aren't, if you aren't spending all your money in, in this one place because everybody else is or whatever, like, 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 I, I, I don't know. Like I, I've only played the game once multiplayer with you two. I've played the game several times by myself using tabletop simulator and I've played the app of it as well. I've had the app for a, a couple of years now and I've played there against AI. Um, and I don't feel like I've mastered the strategy of this game. I don't know that there's that much strategy to master, honestly. But um, <laughs> it's at the very least, it's a fun way to end the game to see that, oh, crap, I wasn't paying attention to this goal. And I went whole hog into commercial districts. And, oops, I forgot that there was a 20-point bonus for that, for not right, doing yeah. that, right? Yeah. Um, that's, that's entertaining, you know. And also, it, it kind of helps somebody else out who just didn't have opportunities where, you know, like the other players were having opportunities. So that's kind right, of a cool yeah. thing. I mean, I think uh, I think part of it was that the two of you, actually all three of us, I wasn't really doing this either. We were just weren't paying attention to the goals. Not that time, no. Yeah, um, which, I mean, if we had been, it probably would have been a different game because you might not have gone so heavily into right. yeah, you know, sure. what you did. Yeah. And and I imagine that when you've played this game several times, then you're very you're you're so comfortable with the the mechanics of it all and the the over like just sort of the the general turn to turn strategy of like which tiles should you be grabbing and and placing where and everything, and that that you're you know you're gonna have enough overhead left in your brain to also be thinking about those private and public goals as well. Whereas sure. I think we were just sort of like now how do we play this game? Okay, let's sit down and do this. We're just having fun, and then you're just <laughs> grabbing tiles and placing them, and it's like I want to have a big university section in my in my city. And so I right, buy yeah. all of those and I kind of feel like we were all just kind of playing it a little bit like you play Sim City, which is to just make a cool city that that brings you pleasure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> not pay bit. attention to the points. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And pay a little bit of attention to the points that are right in front of our face, but not necessarily paying attention to the points that were like at the end of the road. Uh, <laughs> and so I think that's kind of how we were playing when we played uh, that three player game. And it was fun. I think I think that like playing it that way was was a decent first game for us to play uh multiplayer i could i could see that you know like like if you played this more routinely with a group you could get more competitive with it and and really be trying to min max your your progress or non-progress towards those goal cards in order to really affect things um so there's definitely some some potential here i think for a little bit deeper strategy than what we had put into it but it was also pretty fun not playing that way (laughs) right yeah i and that sort of leads me to think that you know, just despite the fact that there is, you know, some strategy to getting the, the points and, and following along with the end goals and all that kind of stuff. This really is a kind of a decent game to get out for people that, um, you know, aren't so heavy into uh, really complex board games and, uh, you know, and, but might want to try something a little bit different. Um, yeah. There's a little bit of thought involved in terms of trying to optimize like which tiles you you purchase or or whatever, um, but it's not certainly not a, a brain bustery kind of game, and it's just it's relatively quick. It's it's very fun, and you get to build a little city. <laughs> yeah, I think probably the the most brain burny part of this game, you know, like the the most cognitively heavy part of this game, is the fact that your income and and the points that you gain every turn go down as you progress up the score track. Oh yeah, because um, right. you've got you've got like an uh, an every turn every turn you've got income with money and you've got income with the number of people that are coming to your town and then the number of people that are in your town are that's your score essentially and every time you cross certain thresholds as you go up the score track it gives you 
a penalty to the income part of the game. It doesn't reduce your score at that point, but it reduces the amount of score you get every turn. And so you've got to find this balance of grabbing tiles that are going to continue to pump your income up continually because Mm -hmm. as you continue to score it goes down um and i think that of all the things in this game that i had to consider as i was playing that was the thing that was probably the most cognitively taxing and i'm not saying it was super taxing i mean it's basically just like oh i can do the math pretty quick in my head that i'm gonna if i if i score this many points this turn i'm gonna go down you can look at the track and count the number of red roofs you pass or whatever on the track and you know you're gonna go down two steps this turn right and so you you might want to try to compensate then by trying to go after tiles that are going to give you three steps upwards so you know like it, mm-hmm. it's not that it's not that complicated but i mean i think that's the most complicated thing about this game yeah yeah um the other the other thing that i was thinking about was you know I don't, you mentioned before like it's it's almost impossible to talk about this without comparing it to uh to Matt king ludwig but um i was trying to think like what you know, in terms of comparing the two games like what is it that i like about this game as opposed to the other one mm-hmm. and what is it i don't like about this game as opposed to the other one sure yeah um one of the things that i think um, where mad king ludwig has the the advantage is um in the the tiles themselves um mm-hmm. because in suburbia they're they're just they're hexes every everyone is a hex and they fit into a grid um, that's sort of pre-planned. Um, I mean, you get to put them in where in the grid you want, but um, the grid space itself is sort of relatively set in terms of size. Um, whereas making Ludwig, there's much more variety in the shapes of the pieces. And in fact, the finding how the, the shapes fit together is part of the challenge of the game. Um, and really, and there is no sort of set size to uh, to the castle you're building. You could build it, as long or deep or as crazy twisty turny as you want to. I think um, technically you can build the city as large or as wide as long as you want as well in suburbia, but we were running into limitations with tabletop simulator because there was only so much space between like my left hand and Gabe's right hand or whatever, you know. Oh, uh, okay. Um, I thought we had checked the rules and you couldn't expand it like widthwise, but lengthwise was fine. I think you could expand it both ways as far as you wanted to when we. Oh, okay, the that's yeah. my misinterpretation. But still, I, the other thing is still sort of um, you know a point for me. Um, well, I, I think that it, <clears throat> I think that it's still a relevant point to make is that there's just a uniformity to all of the cities and all of the tiles within suburbia, and so if you like a little bit of visual variety, um, just aesthetically, I think Mad King Ludwig looks a little cooler. You know, like yeah. it's, it's more fun to look at. It's more colorful. Um, it's it's got that crazy shape to it once you start building out your crazy castle and everything. Yeah. Um, and I, I All the rooms are different. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of a joy to that that is not as present in Suburbia. I think that um, since they've done the second edition and the collector's edition of Suburbia, the tiles look better. And it does look like a little, you know, like sort of rudimentary sci- or, uh, sorry, not sci-fi uh, <laughs> Sim City. Uh, sort of city, you know, down on, on the table. And, and there's some joy to be had with that as well. But yeah. I think that I, I could definitely see people preferring the way that Mad King Ludwig looks out on the table. It's just sort of like, you know, the presence more than suburbia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that's the case for me. I, I haven't seen suburbia in person just on tabletop simulator. So. Right. Yeah. Same. Uh, yeah. So, so that's, you know, uh, maybe but, but, you know, it's I'll as impressive. This, but <laughs> I think I will say this. Like, I've only seen both of them in tabletop simulator. And I think I do enjoy looking at the tiles in Mad King Ludwig a little better. I don't feel like it's a huge goal for anything, but I think they're just a little bit more fun. Yeah. 
Yeah, I that I think I would I would agree with that. Yeah, they are they are more fun. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, who doesn't want to put a dungeon in their castle? Right. I mean, that's yeah. Just... <laughs> I, one of the differences uh, between the two that I that I kind of realized. This is just how I feel. I don't know if this is I don't know if this has been proven with math or with just like the way that people have have reviewed these games over the years. But I feel like Mad King Ludwig encourages me to min max and think a little bit deeper and harder on how to really min max what I'm doing and and, you know, like choose the right tile and also place it in exactly the right spot. Um, mm. You know, really think about how I'm going to manipulate the market in order to take advantage of somebody, um, you know, really benefit myself potentially, um, you know, maybe put a tile just out of reach of the people around the table that are going to get to choose before me so that I can get the tile that I want. I feel mm. like there's just a little bit more required of me um, cognitively when I'm playing Mad King Ludwig than than when I'm playing Suburbia. Um, and, and I think that that's not necessarily a good or bad thing. It's more of like a just what do you want this game? What kind of game are you looking for? You know, right? Yeah. Are, are, do you want a, a more deeply strategic game, and and you want a game like that to sit down and play with your board game group? Then I think Mad King Ludwig has a little bit of an edge. Do you want something that's slightly more casual that you can play and talk through the entire time while you're just <laughs> chatting with some friends and you know like eating snacks and having some drinks? Then I think Suburbia might be a little bit more preferable for for that particular situation or that particular group. Yeah, that I, that really is, I, I think, a significant difference. Um, I mean, I, this is not to say that Ludwig is, uh, you know, a really thinky game because it really kind of isn't. But um, there is a it bit really more have to be, you know, no, like, it, I, yeah, I, it doesn't yeah. have to be. Um, but there, you know, if you want it to, there can be a bit more, um, you know, so planning and strategic choices. Yeah. And I think there's just a few of... more decision points where that where that can be the case in that game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Probably like one or two more decision points, but it it feels significant given how few there are in these games. So, yeah, yeah. The, so the the market in suburbia is self regulated. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I mean, they, I, they, you remove one, you slide them down, you add a new one. Right. I mean, this yeah, is they, they they come out in like an an ascending sort of order where you've got A tiles, B tiles, and C tiles, and the A tiles are like cheaper and generally like less powerful less less points they have like fewer point value to them um and so like as you go through a then then you get the b out and you know as i said they ascend in both price and basically in benefit right and and then by the time you get to the end tile then you have one more round and then the game ends and then you start doing all the scoring and the bonus scoring and see who got the most points and that's it that's the game. yeah <laughs> yep. yeah so so the the market regulating itself in suburbia is just um uh, it, it's, it's one of those things that, uh, in Ludwig, you know, it's, it's the, the thing that you really can use to your advantage. Whereas the, the market, um, is sort of haphazardly at your advantage in suburbia, uh, and sometimes really to your disadvantage as well. Yeah. Well, and, and they've got a couple, uh, options in there in case you really don't like what you can see, what you see in the market. Um, there's, like oh, yeah, a, I forgot about a, those tiles. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's a limited number of basic tiles. Like everybody starts out with the same three basic tiles and you can buy those for, it's like, I don't know, like three bucks or whatever, like yeah. a pretty, a pretty minimal amount. Uh, if you really don't like any of the other stuff and you could benefit from one of those, um, you can always flip a tile over and you can turn it into a lake, which then allows you to just get some money, some income, because eventually in that game, you wind up broke. It usually happens pretty early in the game and that's one way to get some money to then start buying tiles again to get you know income so that then you don't have to worry about buying lakes again in the future um and i'm trying to think was there another option oh you could lay down the doublers everybody has like three little doubler icons that basically double the benefits and 
and and penalties of any tiles that you've put down. Uh, you you pay a, I think the cost of the tile, and you put that little doubler icon on up to three tiles, and in throughout the game, and then it, it does that. It just doubles everything basically that that tile does. Right. Uh, yeah. And those are the other options. And gosh, I can't think of anything else mechanically about what this game does. I think that's it. It's pretty simple. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I mean, it I mean, feels... but for all that, I, it's pretty enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, I had a good time with it. You know, I, I've been struggling with this urge to purchase this game for a while um, because I like the idea of it. I like the theme of it. I do like the look of it. Um, it's just uh, I haven't done it because it's just it's one of these games where it's always pleasant. I think, you know, every time I've sat down and played it solo, every time I've played it digitally and the time that we played it multiplayer, it's always pleasant. But I don't know if it's ever going to be that game that, like, I plan a game day around, you know? Right, yeah. It doesn't feel like one of those. And I've had a hard time adopting games that aren't those lately just because of how full our libraries have become. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, that's true, yeah. I mean, it is the kind of thing that I would bring out at a gathering that people were like, hey, why don't we play a board game? Um as opposed to I'm going to invite my friends over specifically to play a board game. Right. Yeah. If I play, if I'm bringing them over for specifically for something, it's for Twilight Imperium or Kemet or, you know, like <laughs> Nemesis or something along those lines. Um, yeah. Generally not something this light, but I mean, then again, I think that there's sometimes if I had people coming over often enough, I probably would sometimes. Cause it's like right now my board game days are months apart. It seems like, so, you know, I don't think that, yeah. I don't think that this would fit in that situation, but you know, I, I think this would be a cool game to have if you do have a you know high volume of gaming days in your schedule. So, mm. and I, I feel like this is a game that you know I don't know who wouldn't enjoy this game. It's pleasant. It's fun. Um, there's really nothing wrong with it. It's just not super heavy. So, yeah, yeah. Cool. Anything else you want to mention about Suburbia? Uh, I don't think so. I think I've said everything I need to. All right, cool. Well, uh, I think that we have an email this week that we were going to get to, Jason. Wow, amazing. I know, yeah. Well, you know, like we we haven't been recording all that much. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are just waiting for us to get back to the recording and they just haven't haven't noticed us yet. And then they're going to start sending us tons of email. The back's going to be full. It's going to be overflowing. We're going to have to start a whole email podcast eventually. I'm sure that's going to happen. Anyway, uh, we received an email from uh, Dave. It says, Dear LPT, when I saw the name of the episode PAX Premier, I wondered if this was a game associated with Penny Arcade Expo, which is usually abbreviated to PAX. I guess not. Spoiler! I'm looking forward to Gen Con and wonder if there are any other decent conventions or events for board games that you'd have any input on. Dave. Jason, are there any other board game events or conventions that we have input on? Um, none that I have personally attended. However, I do have friends that have attended other ones. Um, I have friends that have attended, uh, PAX Unplugged, which takes place in Philadelphia. Uh Um, and they said it was an enjoyable time. You Um, you and I were really considering going to that. uh, We were. Years ago. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't recall what stopped us from doing it. It was just before Uh, the pandemic. Maybe, yeah, maybe that was it. Baby. pregnancy (laughs) yeah then the potential of having a baby while i was gone yeah uh that must have Um, been it (laughs) yeah so there's that uh there's um origins which is in ohio columbus yeah which yeah which i've never been to and i don't think i know anybody that's been to i always think of it as the pre-gen con show because it's always there's always like a bunch of coverage coming out of it in like june or july or whenever it is and it's always like a Mm -hmm. month or like six weeks before gen con and so i've always thought of it as the gen con preview show 
<laughs> um, I have no idea how big it is. I mean, if it's anywhere near the size of Gen Con or I don't think so, but um, I think it is rather sizable still. Yeah, um, yeah. There's always Essen if you want to go over to Germany. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, and then there's the European shows. Yeah, yeah. And the only <laughs> one that I can think of is Jason Con, which usually happens in March hey. of every year, which is when I go to Boston and we hang out and play a bunch of games for three or four days in a row. And uh, we have had people join us there. So you know, if a friend of the show yeah. wanted to come along, they would probably be welcome, Dave. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Uh, yep, inviting complete strangers to my house. Is he a uh, spoiler? Dave's not exactly a stranger. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, I think that's going to have to do it for the show. Jason, if people wanted to get a hold of us and see if they can get a ticket to Jason Con, how would they do so? <laughs> All right. Well, if you want to spend a weekend in Massachusetts, uh, you can email us. It's uh, podcast at limitedplaytime.com. You can go to the website, limitedplaytime.com. You can tweet us at limitedplaytime or go to Instagram at limitedplaytimepodcast. I know I just told everybody a week or two ago or an episode or two ago that we weren't going to talk about our future episodes. But for the episode 110, I'm breaking the rule because we do know what we're going to do. Uh, we are going to do another top 10 list because we often do those on our 10th our, our episodes, what are divisible, divisible, our episodes that are divisible by 10. Um, and we are going to revise our top 10 games of all time. That was the episode 10 list that we did. The 10th episode was our top 10 games of all time. And Jason and I have now played hundreds of games since we did that episode. And I think that our lists may have shifted a bit there's probably going to be some new additions some stuff that got caught and maybe some stuff that stays but gets moved around on those lists i'm really curious to see how they turn out i don't have any idea how mine is and i'm really curious to see how yours turns out so i figured that'd be a fun thing for us to to check in on since it's been 100 episodes since we did those lists so that is the plan (laughs) hopefully we'll have that out in about two weeks um and you can come back and listen to it then Sounds good. Yep. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you then. Later. All right. Bye.